Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Remember, you can help us to spread the word over iTunes. If you subscribe to the podcast over iTunes, just give us a little star rating or a little written review and more people will become aware of it. And also, if you've got any friends or any people that you think would enjoy listening to the podcast, just mention it to them just to help to spread the word. And remember, you can get in touch with us. The Twitter account is at KFMovieGuide, or you can drop me an email. The email address is hello at KungFuMovieGuide.com. Remember to log on to the website to keep up to date with the latest martial arts movie reviews, profiles, and interviews. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And thanks for downloading the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. We are on to episode three with Meredith Lewis. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. (laughs) Hello, 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 and welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Really glad that you could join us. Thank you for downloading and supporting the podcast. We're up to episode three already. Meredith Lewis is the guest. Meredith is uh, a very keen writer and blogger. She's based in Melbourne, Australia, which is a lovely neck of the woods. If you've ever been over to Melbourne, it's a it's a beautiful place. Had a nice long chat with uh, Meredith. I'm a big fan of her websites and her writing. She writes very elegantly about martial arts movies. And we have a lovely chat, so glad you could tune in and hope you enjoy. Hey, okay, so some movie news to share with you. I'm sure most of the listeners now have already caught up with the Kickboxer Vengeance trailer, uh, which went out online last week, and it looks pretty good. Um the, when they announced the Kickboxer remake stroke sequel, um, it was an interesting proposition. A, a few names were being linked to it, Tony Jarre and Scott Adkins among them. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was, you know, a big part in getting the movie made. And it was a slightly dubious decision, but having seen the trailer, it does look really exciting. It's going to be released on the 2nd of September in America, and the cast is really good, really strong. Uh, Former MMA uh, fighter Gina Carano, star of Haywire, uh, and Deadpool, she's in it. Dave Bautista's in it. Of course, Dave, who was so wonderful in... um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the recent James Bond film, Spectre. Uh, Van Damme, of course, is in there. He's taken on the uh, mentor role. 
Uh, and uh, Alan Moosey is the new star. He's going to be playing Kurt Sloan, and a real good role for him, having moved up. He's a, a Canadian stuntman, and he's moved up to starring role material and is looking pretty good in in the trailer. So a very strong cast, and the trailer does look great. I think you'll agree. Also, some other movie news. Uh, Jason Bourne comes out here, 27th of July. Of course, we're very excited about this one. Uh, another sequel stroke reboot of of the franchise but Jason Bourne and the Bourne Identity films the Bourne franchise was so instrumental in um, a new style of action fight choreography adapting more realistic Krav Maga style moves uh, and some uh, quite innovative camera techniques uh, I guess you would say at the time which was then copied uh, in uh, uh, lots of other action movies that followed on from the Bourne franchise. But this is exciting. Matt Damon's back with uh, the director, Paul Greengrass, uh, who worked on two of the um, Bourne movies. And they work incredibly well together. And we are very excited about that. That's coming out in the UK on July 27th. And I just wanted to flag up another movie, League of Gods. Uh, this is a big CGI a Chinese movie with uh, a huge uh, cast and the the trailer looks absolutely crazy uh, that's getting a US release on the 29th of July um, so that should be interesting Jet Li's in there, Jackie Hung's in there Angela Baby is in there Fan Bingbing it's a CGI fantasy extravaganza. I think if you see the trailer, you'll see that subtlety isn't probably the, the key word in, in, with regards to that movie. But hey, looks interesting nonetheless. That's called League of Gods. That's coming out on the 29th of July. I also wanted to give a special shout out and a thanks really to Sue Cole, who organized the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. That happened the weekend just gone at the CENI Martial Arts Strength and Combat Expo uh, that took place at the O2. That was a fantastic event and it was great to catch up with Sue and a lot of the aspiring UK martial arts movie stars and directors who were there showing off their latest products and their latest short movies, which I have to say, it was a real diverse collection of uh, short films that were, were shown at the film festival but I have to say I was really impressed by by all of the achievements there and uh, very proud obviously the UK uh, don't doesn't really have much of a film industry to speak of particularly in comparison to you know Bollywood and Hollywood and all these other parts of the world but uh, I think we did ourselves proud with uh, a lot of the talent that's on display there, particularly shown at the uh, Fighting Spirit Film Festival. And I managed to grab quite a few of the actors and directors and have a chat with those guys, which will feature uh, on an upcoming podcast. So that should be exciting. Be sure to look out for that. That'll be a sort of UK martial arts movie special. And there's a lot of rising stars there um, who, you know, which uh, is very exciting. And quite a few names I think we should... Uh, keep an eye on and look out for for the future and also i managed to grab some time with uh, huang insik uh who had come over to do a q a and uh, a bit of a demo there as part of um an event being held by ricky baker at uh, eastern heroes ricky very kindly uh, got some time uh, allowed me some time with uh, huang insik so we had 
just a, a quick sort of 10, 15 minute chat with him. And hopefully that will uh, will feature on a podcast as well. Wang In Sick, if you don't know, of course, is the uh, Hapkido master who appeared alongside Bruce Lee in uh, The Way of the Dragon and uh, quite a few other Golden Harvest movies. Worked a lot with Sammo Hung, Angela Mao Ying, and then later with Jackie Chan for Dragon Lord and the Young Master. He's uh, the baddie in both of those films and uh, gets uh, get put gets put through the ringer a little bit in, the, in those uh, fight scenes towards the end. Uh, there's some of Jackie Chan's most relentless uh, kung fu fight scenes and uh, j- just uh, absolutely fantastic. It was really great to, to sit down and talk to him. So that's exciting. Uh, that's uh, all coming up on the Kung Fu Movie Guys podcast. So Meredith Lewis, really great to chat to Meredith. I'm a big fan of her writing. You can follow her on Twitter. She is at FooThoughts. That's at F-U-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. And she writes the blog jianghumeredith.wordpress.com. Meredith is an ex-dancer and she writes uh, about the beauty of the choreography in a lot of martial arts uh, movies. Uh, she's a huge Jet Li fan also, so we do talk uh, a little bit about Jet Li towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but mainly, Meredith was doing a talk on the Monkey TV series, uh, which I remember seeing when I was much younger. Uh, and Monkey, it was called Monkey Magic in Australia, so we refer to it as Monkey Magic. In the UK, I think it was just simply called Monkey. That was a highly influential and popular TV show over here and around the world, Uh, and I remember seeing it as a kid and not really understanding any of it. It was, you know, there was... But it was entertaining nonetheless. You had the guy there who you know, had a, a pole that got uh, bigger or smaller and he could sort of beckon over a, a cloud just by whistling and then he'd travel across uh, space and time on, on a floating cloud. I mean, it's absolutely bonkers, but uh, really entertaining and very popular show. It was good to get a bit of background on what Monkey is actually based on. I knew it was based on a Chinese story. It's It's called Journey to the West. Uh, and the story of the Monkey King is, is is a fascinating one, and one that we go into in uh, quite a bit of detail. But it was great to talk to Meredith about this. Obviously, a TV show and something that's very close to her heart, uh, having grown up uh, watching it uh, and loving it. So that was really cool to um, talk a lot about uh, Monkey. And also, it's good just to talk about you know being a girl and being a fan of martial arts movies. Uh, we, we talk quite openly about how quite a lot of people might. Uh, not understand the fascination or just think you're a bit of a weirdo Uh, but anyways it was good to uh, talk a a little bit more about that so thank you for downloading and thank you for supporting the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast it's really great to hear from you and I know quite a few of you have sent me tweets and emails uh, and it's it's really good to hear that you know this podcast is uh, connecting with people and that people are enjoying it so remember to spread the word if you like it just you know, maybe mention it to a friend and and uh, and pass it along and uh, and subscribe to the iTunes feed. Uh, I think if you subscribe over iTunes, you get an alert to your phone every time a new episode comes out, so that's handy. And remember to keep in touch with me. Just drop me an email if you've got any feedback, if you've got any questions. That's great. I try and respond to all all emails that come through. It's hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Okay, thank you for listening and thank you for downloading the 
podcast. Here is episode three with Meredith Lewis. And because we get to talk about Monkey, that means I get to play a little snippet from the absolutely awesome uh, theme to Monkey, which uh, I think you'll agree is quite spectacular and goes something like this. I've never done a podcast before. This is my first podcast as well. You're based in Melbourne, aren't you, Meredith? Yes, I'm I'm in Melbourne and it is, um, as you figured out, it's 8 o'clock at night. Yes. Uh, It's been a hot summer's day. Sure. And you're in London? Yes. Now it's uh, overcast and very typical London (laughs) morning over here. So I saw your tweet about the journey to the West and obviously the research and the things that you're putting together there, I believe, for for a talk. Uh, Would you want to sort of set that up? So what so what is actually happening there and how have you sort of got got involved in that? Well, um, actually, a couple of friends of mine um, who are artists and designers, they've just uh, renovated a, a very big industrial space. And they've made it into a beautiful big shared studio space for creative people. And it's called the Big Bang Studio. They're having a festival called the Love Fest. Um, And they they put the call out last year for anybody to do anything, any kind of performance or talk or display. And these two friends, they're old friends of mine, and, and for many years they've been super tolerant and even encouraging of my obsession with um, kung fu movies. Yeah. So I think they were very rash to say you can do anything uh, because I said, okay, I'll do a talk about kung fu movies. Yeah. Um, Then I thought, I realised that this year, this Lunar New Year, the Chinese New Year that's just turned over, it is the year of the monkey. Yeah. Um, I I was born in the year of the monkey. Um, My artist friend created years ago a giant inflatable sculpture of a monkey, which she still has. Right. Um, also, people of my generation, I'm middle-aged, um, so Gen Xers here in Australia grew up coming home from school and watching a, a Japanese TV show called Monkey, yeah. uh, which we all call Monkey Magic after the theme song. I, I wanted to give a talk about um, Asian movies uh, that, that really expanded people's minds, got people appreciating them a bit more, mm. and I, I thought... To, to use the monkey magic theme would be a good one because I thought there'll be a few people like myself who have nostalgia for that original TV series, yeah. but I bet they are not aware that the journey to the West is a really important Chinese story. I bet they're not aware of how many times um, that story has been remade and reimagined in film over the years. Yeah, so it's so um, a lot of people, I guess, who would have grown up watching that TV show um, probably would be surprised yeah. to know that. Well, well, what, the thing that always struck me with that TV show was obviously it was a Japanese. I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking, well, this is obviously this is a Japanese show, uh, but this is a Chinese yep. story. So, I mean, that in itself is quite, yeah. that's quite interesting. But I would, could you just sort of explain, so what the, uh, what it's actually based on and uh, the sort of the story surrounding this? It's an old, it's a very old Chinese story, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. It's, it's quite ancient. In the 16th century, um, it was written 
down as a novel, Journey to the West, but I believe it was already a pretty old story by that stage. Yeah. And Journey to the West is um, quite simply a, the story of a monk called um, uh, Zwan Sang, and uh, sometimes in some versions he's called Tripitaka. And he travels, has to travel to India uh, to get some scriptures, um, some important Buddhist scriptures. And this, this task is given to him by Guan Yin and, and Buddha, no less. Um, because he has to face many demons and evil spirits on this long journey, he needs helpers to protect him. And one of the helpers he's assigned, in fact, the main helper is um, the king monkey, monkey king, who's called Sun Wukong in the, the novel. Yeah. Now, the, the king of the monkeys, Sun Wukong, is this incredible creature with magic powers, um, superhuman strength. He can fly through the air. Um, so he, he's, uh, he's the main protector of Tripitaka. And they're joined by two other disciples. One's called Sandy, and he's a, a fish spirit. And the other one is Pigsy, who's a, a pig spirit. Yeah. And the, the, the novel's very long. It's over a 1,000 pages, like, like 1,400 pages, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, uh, it's this mad mixture, beautiful mixture, actually, of poetry and p prose. It's a story about Buddhism, Buddhist philosophy, so there's plenty of that. But it's also an adventure story and mm -hmm. a fantasy story. So there's lots of fighting demons and um, all, all kinds of uh, plots that get hatched against our heroes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anybody who would have seen that original Japanese TV series, when I've read bits, I must admit I haven't uh, finished the 1,400 pages yeah. yet, um, but anybody who, who's seen that TV series would be interested to here, I think that the the novel really reflects that that series and how mm. it was a mixture of, of all those things: slapstick and profound philosophy yeah. and action. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, this is one of the much uh, retold Chinese stories, isn't it? And over the centuries since it was yes. written, there's different versions, and there's been obviously since the invention of cinema, you know, uh, many sort of tales told of the, the, the Monkey King. And I know that you're sort of reaching out to find different versions of it. I'm just wondering what, what have you, what sort of things have you in your research discovered that you, you didn't know before? And are there some movies that you've checked out, you know, off the back of this that, that you hadn't seen that, that, that you found quite uh, interesting? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of early movies, um, and anybody could Google this and find it, but there's a beautiful black and white animation called Princess Iron Fan, and that was made in 1941, yeah. and um, that, that's yeah. in the public domain. So you can watch that on YouTube, as I did, but I believe um, in the Library of Congress has a, has a copy on its website as well. Uh, and that, that it's actually, it's a really beautiful animation beautiful drawings um and what was interesting when i looked it up on wikipedia i found an article that said it was the first animation ever made in east asia um it was only the 12th animation ever made in the world hmm. and it's um out of those 12 only nine animations are still in existence and it's one of the nine so considering how early it is um in terms of animation making, it's it's I think really beautiful to yeah. look at and, and really quite watchable, quite entertaining. And how close um, is that so to the 
monkey that we know and love from the 70s show? I mean, is there many traits that are quite similar that you've noticed um, through, throughout all of these interpretations? Yeah, that's a great question. And I was thinking about that only just today. There is. That's the interesting thing. Through all these different films, um, Monkey is recognisably Monkey, just mm. in his characteristics, his mannerisms, things to do with his... He's got the golden ring on his hair, the facial hair. Um, so it's really interesting that he, that Tripitaka, Sandy and Pixie are always recognisable. It's like the DNA of the story holds firm. But every single movie version I've seen has a slightly different interpretation and a slightly different um, reimagining of the film. Yeah. So even though the original story asserts itself and doesn't lose its identity in a way, what is great is that obviously the story is fertile ground for creative people because they can come up with all these different interpretations and really go for it. Come to the Himalayas, monkey. Let us have a small wager. If you can fly out of Buddha's hand, I shall tell the Jade Emperor to leave the Western Heaven to you. Is that agreed then, great sage? Succeed and you shall rule Heaven. Fail, on the other hand, and you shall stay under... I won't! Huh. What other hand? It's easy to fly out of yours! Fool! It's a bet! I hope it doesn't dazzle you looking at the new Emperor of Heaven! I shall manage. Agreed? Yes, you bet. Here we are. Right, off we go to the end of the universe. How would you describe Monkey as a as a as a character? Because he's very the, the thing with Monkey is he's very mischievous, isn't he? But he's also very yes. loyal. Um, and yes. I believe because he wasn't always, well, the song, you know, the song at the start says, you know, he's been in an egg, you know, mountain top. Is that it? The yep. funkiest monkey or something? Um, what, what's the sort of background to his story? Yeah, it's, it, it, he goes through quite an evolution yeah. in, in, in the story and in the book. Um, yeah, in that, that opening sequence, uh, there's a, a quote that says, uh, the nature of monkey was irrepressible. And you said he's cheeky. He is cheeky. He can be loyal. He can be a bit subversive, though. Um, he's a really great character. But Monkey goes through this journey where he starts off as king of the monkeys. He's got a little colony of monkeys. And um, he decides he wants to be immortal. He decides he wants to learn magic, and he goes off and does that. And then he gets a bit full of himself. He gets very rebellious, goes up to heaven, declares himself equal of heaven, which just won't do, yeah. causes all kinds of havoc, is just too cheeky and has to be disciplined. So Buddha puts him under a mountain for 500 years so he, he can learn patience. And when it's only when Tripitaka the monk comes along and lets him out that he's allowed to be free. So by the time Monkey joins Tripitaka, he's learnt some patience, a hell of a lot of magic and a hell of a lot of fighting skills. But what, what's a lot of fun in the original novel and through all the film adaptations is that Monkey and Tripitaka they have these little barnies, you know, they're on yeah. this long, dangerous, yeah. difficult journey. And Monkey's very loyal and very helpful, but he gets impatient. He's mm. clever, he's a show-off, he doesn't like taking orders, and he, he gets impatient and uh, he and Chipitaka rub up against each other. They 
irritate each other. Yeah. So you it, think he would have lost? You think he would have lost that sort of uh, pride after five hundred years? Uh, but yeah, um, no, I, but that's that's the thing with him, isn't it? I guess it's that you know he's still um, there's still that shadow of his former self. It sort of comes through, doesn't it, on on the journey? I guess. Yeah, the nature of the monkey is irrepressible, and it's yeah. his strength and it's his weakness. But I, I think that's the beautiful allegory in the story that we're all all like monkey. I think monkey is a symbol for human beings that we have wonderful potential. And we can be very base sometimes and very naughty. Yeah. So we've got to struggle with that nature and, and we're on this long journey through life. And um, we've got to learn a bit of patience and it's not easy for any of us. Yeah. Um, just coming back to the so so the original Monkey TV show, you remember seeing this then? This must have been shown in Australia. This was in the 80s then, sort of growing up. You remember? Yeah. And it was a primetime show over there then, was it? Or it, it was on just after the school run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time we got home from school, it, it was on. So I remember watching it with my younger sister and my mum. And we'd never seen anything like it. We yeah. had not seen any martial arts shows. I mean, the fight scenes in that TV show are great, but it was just the mixture of, of slapstick and action and Buddhist philosophy that, that really knocked us out. We, we thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and I still enjoy watching it, you know. I still get the episodes out from the library every now and again and watch them and it's still fun really good fun well i guess you can appreciate it on the sort of campy entertainment level and it's a fun show yeah. and it still holds up i i think it's very entertaining but as you say yes there is that deeper sort of subtext which i remember seeing i remember watching it and obviously a lot of that uh, it was completely lost on me um but yes. uh, it's but it does it works on on that on both levels and i guess that's that's the the beauty of the show it's you know, it's good for kids as well, but also uh, yeah. adults. It does sort of cross that generation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very family friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and and how important was that watching that show and growing up? And I guess um, you know everyone's quite impressionable, aren't they, when they're younger? And I just wonder that that impact of watching that show growing up. What what impact did that did that have have on you and in shaping your interests in in this sort of genre? Oh, look, I, I think undoubtedly it had a big effect. Actually, it's, yeah. it was a show. And, and the ABC, which is the channel that showed it, it, it always does heaps of repeats. So I got to see it more than once over the years. And it was a show I retained a huge amount of affection for. Um, and then years later, I think when I started watching Kung Fu movies on another Aussie TV channel called SBS, mm -hmm. um, I, I, think, I think if... Uh, watching films like Once Upon a Time in China and yeah. Project A converted me. Um, monkey magic primed me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I think it had a huge amount of influence. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that then, because your so your background was you you trained as a dancer. Is that is is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes, a, mil a million years ago, yeah. in younger, fitter days, I, I, I was a dancer. Um, I trained as a classical dancer, but then I didn't like um, the politics in, in classical ballet, so I went and 
started working as a contemporary dancer and, and um, started choreographing, worked as a uh, an independent choreographer, sure. making my own shows. But I, I think another reason why I really got into Kung Fu movies was that I, I loved the choreography in them. I mean, don't we all? But, yeah. um, but for me as a choreographer, when I watch the choreography, especially really good choreographers like Yuan Wu Ping and uh, Corey Yuan and Lau Ka Lung or Samo Hung, um, it's really sophisticated stuff. For mm. me, it stands up as, as much of an art form as any as any great dance piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're, yes. we're on the same page there in saying, you, you know, you watch yep. the sort of poetry in the, in the motion of, you know, a, a Jackie Chan film or, as you say, a, a Samo film. Yeah. There's, you know, this isn't easy stuff, <laughs> is it? It's quite, it's complicated. No, it's, it's intelligent filmmaking, really. It, it is. It is. It's it's very intelligent filmmaking, and it's um, very sophisticated choreographic craft and performance too. It's not just the choreography; it's the way it's performed. Yeah, uh, it's like the best kind of dance because it's not just doing physical tricks. The performers are able to interpret the movement so it means something. Yeah, they convey an emotion and they change atmosphere. So that that's art. You know, it's not. Um, pop culture, it's not trash or whatever. Yeah. Not that I have a problem with pop culture or entertainment, but I think things can be entertaining and um, genuine art as well. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that's what I see when I watch Kung Fu movies. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, what were the key films then growing up that you really locked into and who were the key people that you remember seeing and then, um, you, you know, researching and just, uh, uh, you know, as the sort of steps in, into the genre? Who were your sort of favourites? Well, it was kind of a bit drastic because after Monkey Magic, I didn't see anything. My family didn't watch the films. I didn't see them on TV. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't watch Kung Fu movies at all. And then when I was in my 20s, um, living here in Melbourne, um, watching SBS, and if you don't know, SBS is a great TV station we've got that shows um, uh, content from all over the world. Yeah. It's, it's multi-language and subtitled. It's a brilliant... And I remember, um, remember because it shows uh, foreign language films. It does have a lot of That's Asian right. content, but it's also, it's a proper global station. I don't know, it's, it's, is it That's publicly right. funded as well? I don't remember seeing adverts even. I may be wrong in, in that, but yeah. um, uh, whether it gets some we, got, form of public funding maybe. 
we've got for, we've got adverts now in between yeah. um, programs, but probably when you were here, it didn't. Uh, yeah. But it is publicly funded, and I, I think it's it's what a brilliant thing that is. Thing the government does. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What a brilliant thing that is. You know, to uh, it is as a as it a is main brilliant. sort of station is is to be public funded to show, you know, f- uh, films and different cultures from around the world. That's that's um, yeah, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Anyway, on good old SBS, I, I saw. I remember they showed a series of kung fu or sorry martial arts movies, and the first one was Warriors from Zoo, Zoo Mountain, um, directed by Choi Ha. Sure, yeah, which I thought Great was movie. gorgeous. Then I saw Project Day with Jackie Chan, which I thought was a huge amount of fun. Yeah. And then I saw Once Upon a Time in China, directed by Choi Hart and yeah. starring Jet Li, and that was it. There was yeah. no going back. <laughs> that was that was that was the one that done it. <laughs> I think with say Project Day and Once Upon a Time in China, realizing that these much maligned kung fu movies were actually pretty bloody well made. Yeah. Uh, nothing stupid about them at all. Mm, um, and and you, I, I just think I love the operatic scope of them. Yeah, and I guess having coming from your sort of dance background, what is it that you notice specifically about the the, the choreography? I mean, I guess because everyone makes the links between these films and, and musicals. Um, yeah, I just wonder what your sort of take was, was on that with your dancing background. Yeah, look, I agree with you. I, mm. I think the links are obvious. Um, those... Uh, the, the films, and, and for me another link is, but it's similar to musicals, kung fu movies remind me of operetta and um, it's where movement is more important than anything else and I guess in musicals song and dance is more important than anything else. Sure, you have dialogue, but it's just to link the big sh- um, set pieces, the big show pieces. Um, and for me, when I watch the choreography, I remember as a choreographer myself that the questions I used to ask myself, um, I see those same questions being answered really well in the choreography in the move, in the movies. So, uh, for example, the way the choreographers will use movement to define a character mm-hmm. or movement to set up a, a dynamic between two characters, the way they play with props and sets, um, the, the way they play with rhythm and shapes and levels, um, so this incredible inventiveness um, is just astonishing. And especially in the films, I know you mentioned Lau Ga Lung there and, you know, his uh, Shaw Brothers films, but I think particularly out of a lot of the choreographers and directors is someone who managed to get character and uh, the the even in in the styles and the way that he managed to to represent you know who they were in the movements that they made as well. I mean that's that's um... absolutely. Mm. He's um, and I love Shaw Brothers movies. You know, yeah. on a real Shaw Brothers kick right now. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I always have I've loved them over the last couple of years. I've been watching a lot of them. Yeah. But I, I agree so much that Lau Ka Lung, who obviously brought this incredible knowledge of kung fu with him onto the movie set but you're so right he, he's so skillful at choosing movement that does bring out amplify sort of things about different characters yeah and it's it's just terrific to watch and now we'll see how good you are when you're talking about martial arts films in, in general there's so many even different subgenres, and it's sort of like yes. I always think of martial arts films as a sort of umbrella term and then you know there's offshoots of, yes. uh, of all of that I just wonder where you sit with 
um, the more fantasy-led stuff? Or are you more of a sort of grounded, old-school, Shaw Brothers, uh, you know, kind of Bruce Lee kind of kind of fan? Actually, this is going to sound very odd. I'm not a huge Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate his, his exceptional talents, and I, I appreciate also what he did for the genre as an innovator. So I'm not bagging him, but he doesn't have a lot of appeal for me. Okay. Um, maybe a bit too macho um, yeah. for me. I, I do I do love a good old Shaw Brothers Wuxia movie, yeah. especially Choi Yuan's films, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I also like the old school kung fu movies from Shaw Brothers, though. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like a few different things. I like um, the... I like what Jackie Chan and Samo and the other Seven Little Fortunes crew did during yeah. the 80s and 90s. I, I love the Jet Li and Donnie Yen films from the 90s. I love Donnie Yen's films uh, just, just recently. Mm. So I guess for me it's good choreography. It's good movement. I don't mind a bit of fantasy. I don't like too much waifu, yeah. um, but a little bit is fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, just going back to the Bruce Lee point then. So I guess, yes, now that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I guess the Kung Fu cinema in general is known as the sort of the macho, uh, mas masculine sort of cinema, isn't it? I guess. And, and, and I guess yeah. Bruce Lee was very much the epitome of that. He's sort of appropriating the Western hero, but in a sort of Chinese uh, uh, role um, and do you feel that's yes. a good way of putting it actually yeah, I, that, that's a good way of putting it actually because yeah. I guess he well, uh, only in so much as obviously you know he'd just come from Hollywood and he'd been he'd been over there yeah. and educated over there and I guess he had a certain ideal of how he wanted you know a, a Chinese uh, action hero to look like so I, I just wondered because you you say in your on your blog you know that you're a fan of these films but you don't like the violent side as well I just wondered it's an interesting sort of mix isn't it really for me my favorite kung fu movies even though they're crammed with action and even though they're about martial arts and use martial arts as that expressive medium the best kung fu movies are actually not about violence per se yeah. they're about other things um so i, I don't it's really weird because i am a wimp um so i avoid films like reservoir dogs because it's too violent for me yeah uh, i hate realistic yeah. violence but i watch a kung fu movie any day yeah um but I, i'm always i love the way the choreography speaks to deeper things things mm. about loyalty or uh, you know, there's a lot of a man's got to do a ma what a man's got to do type thing. And sure. then, I don't know. Sometimes that's a rollicking good story. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering, um, just with that in mind, where you sit with the more recent stuff that we've been seeing, which, you know, and I love the Raid films, don't get me wrong, but they're a bit, mm -hmm. you know, I've, it's rare to be sat in a cinema and you're wincing at the, <laughs> what you're watching just because, the yeah. you know, the, the violence level is... Um, you know, it's it's pushed to eleven in, in in films like that. But you still you're still getting that beautiful choreography in there. But yeah, you do need yes. a bit of a hard yeah. sort of stomach, don't you? Really, I I guess. I just wonder where you where do you sit with those types of films? Well, you're pinning me down now. I, yeah. I've seen the raid and I liked it very much. I must admit, I, I've been too squeamish to watch the raid too. But I will see it. Yeah. Because I, I was too scared to watch the raid in a cinema. I thought it might be a bit overwhelming because yeah. I heard it was very violent. 
But the fans online were raving about it. So I watched it at home on DVD. And even though, like you said, I winced at the more violent moments, I tell you what, I love the choreography. Yeah, you know, it's really great movement. Yeah. yeah, intricate, interesting to watch. People said there's no plot and there's not, but if you say the text is not spoken word and an elaborate plot, but the text is movement, then that is sophisticated in that film. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed it, and I think the the quality of choreography and the quality of the performances helped me get over those um, violent bits. Yes. So I, I still enjoyed it. Um, so, Meredith, just talk me a little bit about... So I guess there's, there's one thing having the... Growing up and having the obsession and loving these movies and uh, and, and, and getting into into that. But then there's a, a step also about, you know, starting your own website, writing about it and, and, uh, and doing mm. that kind of thing. I just wondered, was this something that you, uh, you know, had been thinking about for a while? You were like, oh, I've got all these these thoughts. I do, I, you know, there's there's a thing of like... I guess wanting to share your passion with, with people online. I mean, what was what was the steps? What was yeah. the thinking there of, of starting the blog and that, getting all that going? That that's an that's an interesting thing to reflect on. Actually, I, I guess I started my first blog. I've shifted over a couple of different blog sites. I'm on WordPress now, but I started that first blog back in 2007. Yeah, and I've been aware yeah. that for quite a while I've been watching the movies on DVD. And in my head, after I watched the movies, just as I was sitting on a bus, I'd be playing the the fight scenes through my head, picking apart the choreography in my head and thinking to myself why I liked it. And then um, something really bad happened. I lost my job and I went through a summer where I was broke and I couldn't get a job, had a lot of time on my hands. Um, the jobs market closes down in January in Australia. Sure. And I thought, stuff it. I'm not going to go sure. mad with boredom while I wait for my next job. I'm just going to spend the next two or three months um, writing blogs and about this, this choreography yeah. that I love so much. And I thought I'll start with Jet Li's films. I'll start at the Shaolin Temple film and go right up to what he's done. Um, just recently, um, I, I decided that because I love Jet Li. Um, he works with good choreography choreographers, and it was relatively easy to get his DVDs because he was um, so well known. Sure. And I thought that it'd take me two or three months, and you know, like eight years later, I still haven't finished. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wasn't looking for a large audience. I was actually very shy. I didn't um, think of myself as uh, an expert or anything like that. I, I just felt. Um, I was probably the only one interested in my thoughts, but I had to get them out of my head. Yeah. Um, what happened a, a, a little while after that, maybe a year later, um, I was on Facebook and a lady called Sylvia Rora, uh, who goes by the moniker of Achilles Girl, contacted me and said, can you please share your blogs to the Heroic Sisterhood Facebook page? Mm-hmm. Um which was really flattering and she was really encouraging and said, you know, they're, they're interesting, There's a, you've got an individual perspective that people might like to engage with. Um, and I did start engaging more with that Facebook page. I haven't had time for it over the last couple of years and I miss it because it was fun. Uh, but that really, that was fun. And um, it, 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 engaging with other fans helped me find my feet so for me, writing that Kung Fu movie blog was really important for me as a person because I blog also professionally now and I help other people run their blogs. 
Um, but writing the Kung Fu movie blog, I went from a place of no confidence to a place of going, it doesn't matter what people think, this is fun. Yeah. And it helped me find my voice. So it was actually a really good journey for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, 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 I mean, especially from, because I, I, you know, I read, I read your blog and I like your, I, I love your writing and the way that you, you, you properly, um, you know, uh, dissect and analyze as well. And I think there's a, there's a thing, oh, particularly on the internet with regards to, um, you know, there's, there are a few great writers and some really good books on the subject and there's a lot of you know fan fan stuff as well that's on the internet and i guess you know it's 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 tricky to find those authors isn't it really i guess that have that um yeah. that sort of uh, uh take on the on the genre but it's good to see a writer who does you know appreciate the movies loves the movies but but takes them seriously as well as a as a sort of art form and i think that's um that's good. So that's 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 an encouraging approach <laughs> to take. Well, right back at you too, because your, your blog's um, great. I could say much the same about yours. Um, I haven't had time to blog much. So another good thing about this Monkey Magic project was I thought to myself, well, blog while you're doing the research, write even just short blogs and get back into blogging about kung fu movies. Yeah. Um, because I, I, you know, I do love the blogging. What do your friends think of you to when that you're into these movies and and that kind of thing? Is there, uh, you know, do they do they say anything? Do they share in the passion and uh, or, or or yeah? What are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I've I've been working on them for years. Yeah. Um, I think initially, I think initially, um, a lot of my friends thought I was just plain weird. You know, sure. when I would say I'm into kung fu, they thought those stupid movies. <laughs> Um, a few of them, I've, I mean, the, the people who've asked me to do this talk, for example, they don't believe in stupid. They, they were a couple of the rare ones who said, good on you, go for it. Yeah. Um, over the years, I, I've managed to get a couple of friends in a headlock and make them watch a good movie. Sure. And they admit it's not stupid. What do you, what um, would you, in that situation, you've got them in the headlock, what's the film that you, yeah. you sit them down and you say, right, you know, this is, this is the film you need to watch. And if you, if you don't enjoy this, then, you know, you're off the Christmas card list. What's, what's the, uh, what's yeah. the film? Um, it depends on their taste. Mm. I mean, as you said before, there's a lot of subgenres in, in this genre. So if you, if like with my mum, I made her watch a film with me. But she likes romantic comedies. Sure. Um, she likes old movies like the Carry On movies. Yeah. Okay. So for her, I showed her, I showed her a Shaw Brothers movie called The Lizard, which yeah. is made back in the sixties. Yeah. It stars uh, Yu and um, Connie Pochu, and it's it's a really good, fun romantic comedy. Yeah. And um, she was surprised at how much she enjoyed it, how much she enjoyed the acting and the plot. Okay. Um, but other, other friends, I've got a friend who is a visual artist and a designer, um, and uh, I know she likes kind of more flamboyant fantasy-based things. Yeah. So I, I showed her The Magic Blade. Yes, um, great film. Another Shaw Brothers movie. Yeah, I, one of my favourites, beautiful film. Yeah. And um, she, she was watching that and she couldn't believe how beautiful and luscious it looked. Yeah. Um, I had another friend who... Uh, likes films with a historical setting, um, likes good art production. So I showed her Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, she was amazed not just how good the action was. They all expect the action to be good. Mm. But I love confounding their expectations that 
and showing them that the acting can be great and the plots can be interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that see, that, that's some good Shaw Brothers stuff you're showing there. That's that's off the beaten track as well, really, isn't it? It's not, um, you know, it's, let's sit down and watch yeah. Crouching Tiger or something. That's, uh, yeah, you're, you're chucking yeah. them straight in at, <laughs> in at the deep end. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure they can go and find Crouching Tiger easy yeah. enough or Kill Bill. You know, there's no surprises around those. Yeah. But I, I like um, yeah, I like surprising them a little. Yeah. Do you find being a woman as well and, and being into this genre, I mean, just your sort of a, approach to that? I mean, I know the, the, the thing is that it's obviously, you know, as we were talking about earlier, seen as a very sort of macho, um, masculine type cinema in just the sort of following of it i just wondered you know that's um is that is that even a thing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um i i I don't know i think it's very subtle i think it like in most areas of life it it, um being female and aware of being in a macho world it is a thing it for me it has never been negative I'm, i'm lucky i've never been trolled um, all those gentlemen out there in Kung Fu Movie Fan World, thank you for being yeah. gents because I've never been trolled. Yeah. Um, I think I was lucky finding the Heroic Sisterhood page because it was run by women and I became an administrator on that page, yeah. which was, a, again, another confidence boost. But that page also has a lot of fellas on it as well. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I know the genre is very macho. A lot of the films are very macho. That doesn't bother me because. You know, the fellas need their stories as well. And mm. also, I think a really good movie has themes that are universal. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of kung fu movies that cater for female taste. I mean, some of those wuxia movies do as well. Um, well, the wuxia film, the wuxia thing's fascinating in the sense that, you know, right from the wuxia literature, the heroes were, were always mm-hmm. women um, in, yes. in central roles. And that, that's a sort of trait of, of the storytelling, isn't it, really? It's, and, and, yes. and to this day. Um, so, um, which, is inter- which is genuinely interesting, isn't it, really? When you think of a yes, sort of action is. cinema, that, that is... Uh, you know, a, a, a trait of it and, and has been for centuries. Yes, yeah, I, I find that beyond fascinating. Um, I think there are a lot of uh, terrific female uh, characters in Kung Fu, in the Kung Fu movie genre, and uh, there have been a lot of terrific female performers as well over the years. Um, so there, there's plenty for the ladies, that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, I, what I do find interesting when I watch especially those old Shaw Brothers films again where um, you have women fighters, but they'll be there and they'll have the little plaits and the pigtails with ribbons. They'll be in a little pastel-coloured suit and they'll be very pretty and very, very feminine, but they'll absolutely kick ass. Yeah. And what I realise once that when you see these characters, they don't ever have a backstory saying, excusing why they're a feminine yeah. little person who kicks ass they yeah. just do alongside the folks yeah. you know they just weren't it's a genuine Whereas I yeah it is it is and i realized in a lot of western movies you often have a backstory qualifying why the woman is a fighter as yeah. if it has to be explained they don't explain in kung fu movies <laughs>
So what what's the plan? And so you're you're continuing with the with the with the talk. I guess this the 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 monkey thing is is as it reinvigorated you know the the writing to get more on on the blog and uh, and it, and that that sort of thing is your plan to continue writing, continue with the blog. Yeah, very much so. I, I love blogging. Um, I think for the last couple of years, I had to set up a blog because I've started up a new business. So I've been blogging professionally. And that's taken a lot of energy, but that's up and running now. So I think I can find more time to go back to the Kung Fu movie blog. Yeah. And I'm going to use the Monkey Magic Project to do that because I really like the blogging. It helps me unpack my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I've got a few ideas of things, a few themes I want to address in, in Kung Fu movies coming up, um, things to do with plot structure, yeah. which interests me. I, I do want to yeah. finish off the the Jet Li filmography. It bugs me that it's eight years and I haven't finished it. Um, what ones? What ones do you have yeah, left? So, oh, what do I have left? Um, I, I, I'm going to have to start getting tough on poor old Jet because I've got Rogue Assassin, which I loathe. Right. Um, I've got the Mummy. Yeah, um, that's not I do have great. Hero and Warlocks, which are beautiful movies. Yes, yeah. excellent movies. I've got Danny the Dog. Yeah. Um, or Unleashed. That's quite good. It's called, that's quite good. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I find it an interesting movie. Um, and what's the other one he did in Paris? What's that one with Bridget Fonda? Um, uh, oh, Kiss of the Kiss Dragon. Of the Dragon. Yeah, the Lou Besson. That's a great movie as well. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Yeah, I like the that the one. films that um, he made in Europe, it's, which, which yeah. seem to appreciate his acting ability a lot more than the films that he's done in mainstream Hollywood, which. Yeah, as you say, I've, I've been a little bit, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit lackluster, but um, but there we go. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's so that's so you still got quite a lot to um, uh, a lot to write about, and you you get you getting good feedback, Meredith, from the blog and everything, and so on on Twitter, you get good good feedback. Uh, yeah, I um I, I don't get as much feedback as I like, but that's my fault. I haven't been putting in the time. I yeah. think. Um, but it's nice. Just with announcing to the world I'm doing Monkey Magic and I've been a bit more committed about putting stuff on the blog and tweeting it out there, um, it, people have been getting in touch and that's lovely. Yeah. Um, I think I need to re-engage, say, with some of those Facebook pages as well because uh, I, I really enjoy interacting with other fans online. I think there's a really interesting, diverse fan base for Kung mm. Fu movies. Mm. Um so many people out there appreciate the movies in different ways, have different angles, different areas of knowledge. So for me, I think it's about getting back in there, recommitting to reaching out to people again. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Cool. Well, yes, I'll be um, checking in. I'll be logging on and um, checking out your stuff, Meredith. So, um, yeah, best of, Thank you best so of luck much. with all that. And, um, and you keep on the good work with your website because it's a damn classy website. Cool. You know, Thank I really... You. Really love your own celebratory and, and very intelligent um, take on the genre. I, I don't know how you keep churning out such good material yeah. so consistently. So yeah, well, yeah. well, as we say, it's one of these obsessions, isn't it? And it just it does it gets um, yes. it gets in you, and then that's that's that you 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 start then. But yeah, cool. Okay, <laughs> Meredith, thank you, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for that. Have a good day. Bye.
Wow, wow, wow. Thank you very much there to Meredith Lewis. That was great. We had a chat over Google Hangouts, um, which is a, a, is a wonderful uh, thing. And I just wanted to flag up the theme, Monkey Magic. That's performed by the Japanese rock band Godego. And you can, I'm sure there's ways that you can buy their stuff over the internet. I just wanted to, to, to sort of special mention to them because I think you'll agree that's probably one of the best TV themes uh, in existence. Uh, so thank you, Meredith. Remember, you can follow Meredith on Twitter at FooThoughts and her blog is Jianghu Meredith, J-I-A-N-G-H-U Meredith. Dot wordpress.com so thanks again to Meredith there's also uh, a special shout out that I want to do for a couple of individuals who um, it, it should be said the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast does not exist uh, in a vacuum um, there's uh, a couple of people particularly who uh, their technical and editing support has proved invaluable so I want to just say a special thanks to Mark Durrant and George Dennis at the South London Media Hub for their ongoing support. Um, a lot of this could not be done without them, so thank you very much to those guys. Hey, remember to tune in to the next episode of the podcast. That'll be coming out in two weeks' time, and you can keep in touch with us all the usual ways, uh, Twitter and email, we're on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, so that's great. It's always great to hear from you as well. Just drop me an email. It's hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Okay, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for listening and thanks again for your support with the podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, take care of yourself. Bye for now. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>